Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the book of the prophet Amos. Amaziah, priest of Bethel, said to Amos, Off with you, visionary, flee to the land of Judah. There earn your bread by prophesying, but never again prophesy in Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary and a royal temple. Amos answered Amaziah, I was no prophet, nor have I belonged to a company of prophets. I was a shepherd and a dresser of sycamores. The Lord took me from following the flock and said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God proclaims, the Lord, for he proclaims peace. Near indeed is his salvation to those who fear him. Glory dwelling in our land. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Kindness and truth shall meet. Justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth and justice shall look down from heaven. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. The Lord himself will give his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before him and prepare the way of his steps. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens, as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, to be holy and without blemish before him. In love he destined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ, in accord with the favor of his will, for the praise of the glory of his grace that he granted us in the beloved. In him we have redemption by his blood, the forgiveness of transgressions in accord with the riches of his grace that he lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight he has made known to us the mystery of his will in accord with his favor that he set forth in him as a plan for the fullness of times to sum all things in Christ in heaven and on earth. In him we were also chosen, destined in accord with the purpose of the one who accomplishes all things according to the intention of his will, so that we might exist for the praise of his glory, we who first hoped in Christ. In him you also, who have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and have believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, which is the first installment of our inheritance toward redemption as God's possession to the praise of his glory. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey but a walking stick, no food, no sack, no money in their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals, but not a second tunic. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. 
Whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave therefore and shake the dust off your feet in testimony against them. So they went off and preached repentance. The twelve drove out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, on this 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, I hope you and everyone else enjoy the July 4th holiday. We are now into the weekend of July 11th, and we hear today from uh, the first reading from the prophet Amos. Now, this is really an intriguing background. Um, so I want to set the stage here because when you read the 10 lines here, you might be saying, oh, okay, someone's mad at Amos and <laughs> just go away, right? Right. But, but listen to some of this background. So there was a united kingdom, remember, under King Solomon, the 12 tribes, okay? Jeroboam was an official for King Solomon. Then a whole bunch of stuff happens, which we don't have necessarily time to go into, but read 1 Kings 11. And what happened in there, there was a prophet, Ahijah, and he tore his robe into 12 pieces, gave 10 to Jeroboam, then the northern tribes result and revolt, and Jeroboam becomes the king of Israel, okay, of the 10 tribes. Now enter Amos, okay? Amos was just the shepherd. He cared for sheep and sycamore trees. But God called him, not as a professional prophet, to come and prophesy to King Jeroboam II. And he, for the very really, is one of the most severe among all the prophets. He really condemned external religious ceremony, practices that camouflage social corruption. Boy, we see some of that in our world today. He had a whole bunch of visions of locusts and fire and plumb lines that really explained the God's punishment of Israel. Then, in verses 10 through 12, he prophesied that King Jeroboam would die in battle and the people would be exiled. There's a whole, I mean, this is an amazing backstory, and that's where we pick up in verse 12 today. Yeah, boy, there, there is a lot going on. And like you said, Amos was a shepherd, and that was before God called him into service um, as a prophet here in the city of Bethel. So what is this? Bethel means house of God. But under the reign of King Jeroboam, the city of Bethel just deteriorated into a place of idol worship. And that's where the prophet Amos comes in. He warned that the kingdom would fall and that the Israelites would be taken into captivity. Now, Amaziah, he was the priest who was in charge of Bethel. He was offended by Amos's prophecy, and he responded to Amos by mocking him. He called, and we hear that in the, in the reading today, he calls him a visionary, and that would have been the same as calling him a lunatic, and he tried to drive him out of town. You know, the same thing has happened to the Catholic Church from the very beginning. Catholic Church has always been a target. Our customs, our traditions are openly mocked and ridiculed. And we have pagans telling us what we should believe and how we should practice our faith. The church is often accused of being out of touch with reality. And the public outcry has been that the Catholic Church just needs to get on board with the modern day outlook on some very hot topics like abortion euthanasia and same-sex unions yeah but we know the truth of god does not change and will never change I, I think about when you're saying this back to the book of genesis where again the serpent will strike at the heel 
we will strike at the serpent's head. But it does mean when the serpent strikes his heel, we are an injured church. We will always have those attacks from Satan, and we need to stay strong against those attacks. And much like you're saying here, you know, Amaziah didn't like his message. Hey, Amos, go away, right? We see that in our society, like you're saying today. Catholic Church, just go away. We so strongly need a well-informed, you know, body of Christ that loves Christ and his church, because we know, much like Israel, if you go ahead and you're not interested or you reject reject God's word, you will end in ruin. And our country, this country, will end in ruin unless we reclaim the truth of God and of Jesus Christ. And we have to ask ourselves, you know, one one of two things. One on one end, how do we handle rejection? Right. And, and because we're going to receive that as disciples of Christ. But another thing I think that's very important, and this is with, I would say, if you struggle with a truth of the Catholic Church, how do we handle instruction? Do we say in our pride, hey, I know better or I'm going to you know, reject that teaching because, like you're saying, maybe it's today's teaching or today's fad that's more important. We have to be able to both answer the question, how do I answer rejection? How do I handle instruction? I think those two things are very important. We cannot have the pride to say we are more informed or more knowledgeable than Christ and his church. Uh, we understand that some of our shepherds may struggle with this as well. <laughs> so we have to go back to the true teachings of the church and align our consciences and our thoughts to that truth and how important that is. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move to the second reading. Um, just to kind of set the stage here, this is the first of seven consecutive Sundays from the book of Ephesians. So folks who actually want to go and read through Ephesians, I would encourage you that because we're going to be here from the 15th Sunday all the way through the 22nd Sunday in Orient Time. So we're going to hear a lot from Paul the Ephesians. And that's a great suggestion. Then you're reading the whole thing as in one piece, and then as we break it through. Yeah, that's yes, a good you get idea. it more in context, right? Yes, exactly. I like that. Well, in this particular portion, we are hearing St. Paul tell tells us that in love, he destined us for adoption to himself in Jesus Christ, and that we have been redeemed by his blood. But you know, Kevin, that kind of, we hear this, oh, what is that? The once saved, always saved kind of mindset. Okay, so that there's a misconstrued idea about God's plan of salvation. And I think that some of that might come from the way that we sometimes overlap and interchange the words salvation and redemption. They are connected, they're, but they're completely separate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have two separate meanings, right? So redemption that came through Christ's death and resurrection. Redemption is he died once and it was redemption for the whole world to once redeem, and for all. We were, bought, we were bought back. By the blood yes, of Christ, exactly. Amen. That was complete. Now salvation, salvation is the promise that as adopted sons and daughters of God, we too have the opportunity to one day become heirs to the kingdom. But the key word here is an opportunity and we can be it is not a guarantee jesus did the redeeming part all by himself but we must take an active part in working out our own salvation we don't earn salvation and we don't deserve salvation we spend our lives growing in the grace of god and learning to love him more and more this is how we work out our salvation so that in the end our hearts are so set on god that we will willingly let go of all of our attachment to sin so that we can be with God in heaven. Those who have spent their lives developing only selfish, 
sinful desires will not be able to release themselves from those attachments. They own them. Their hearts will be set for eternity, and in the end, they will reject God because there can be nothing sinful or impure in the presence of God. Only those who can undergo purification necessary to be in God's presence will go to heaven. We believe that salvation And this all begins with the process of baptism. This will continue throughout our lives. And it's important to also include frequent participation in the sacraments. And by living our lives as followers of Christ, that's how we work out our salvation. Yeah, amen. And I think, I'm trying to remember, I think it's, Philippians 2.12. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Work out your work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Exactly. And, and you bring exactly. up that idea of the guarantee, right? It's not a fallibility on God's part <laughs> uh, in terms of the guarantee. The, the fallibility is on our part. Exactly. We can choose to accept his gift or reject his gift. That's where that free will comes in. So how beautiful it is that you say that. And and because when we look in here, this this verses three through ten, a beautiful hymn of praise here. And and when he talks when you talk about salvation, he destined us for adoption as part of his plan for salvation. We were chosen. And if you remember, I'm old enough to remember the uh, the schoolyard picking the teams, right? There were two captains, and and you know you kind of wanted to get picked first, and then you're kind of picked last, and you know. But think about how you how did you feel when you were picked first? Oh, I'm so special, I get picked first. That's how important God's choosing us is, and how special He is, how special we are to Him. Great well, let's point. finish up with some uh, comments in the gospel. We see them being sent out two by two today. Yep. Jesus is preparing the uh, 12 apostles to begin their role as church leaders. And that role will include hardship and rejection. Yes, exactly. And I love how he shares his authority and his power with his apostles. And, and they go out and... The two by two to means one, actually two things to me. One is they're not alone, right? You're never alone in Christ's church. But secondly, the second number I think of too is that twin precepts of charity, the love of God and the love of neighbor. And since we just recently uh, celebrated July 4th, I think love of neighbor also includes that love of country. And Jesus says, no food, no water, no shelter, rely on me. Rely on the true teachings of our church, and indeed, like in the second reading, you will enter that beatific vision, that salvation that I long for you. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com.